0: All right, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit podcast. Once again, it is Mike and Robert here with some fascinating topics to discuss. Um, oh, as always, we'll tell you where you can find us on Twitter. Robert,
1: Twitter is LL and P podcast. Be sure to follow us on that and our website, Life, Liberty, and Pursuit blog One
0: of these days, I'm gonna have to learn both of those.
1: It's all right. I got them memorized.
0: I'm I'm glad, yeah. I should I should really just know them, but one day I'm on that damn Twitter thing all day long. To Mike. Hear from me. I know was fascinating. I'm 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 gonna have to start following us. But <laughs> anyways, <laughs> you'd have to um, make an so, account. So yeah, back with episode three. Uh, I believe this one's the Phantom Menace. Uh, no, not terrible really. joke. But anyways, Mike. terrible th- joke. Wah wah. Thanks for joining us. We're excited to be here as always, and we've got some good stuff to talk about today. Um, so, last last episode, we talked a little about immigration. We talked about uh, Islam in America, and a whole host of uh, pretty intense topics. So, we're gonna dial it back this week. We're gonna chat about something that's really not controversial uh, at all. Uh, just because we're gonna take a little bit of time off, we're gonna talk about education. Yeah, that so. can't
1: be controversial at all, right?
0: No, definitely, definitely, what we would probably think of as
1: a safe topic, right? Uh huh. Yeah, about as safe as it's gonna get for us, I think.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be chatting about uh, the role of education and and where things are heading and kids today. You know, these kids today. Ha, what are you gonna do with them? Am I right?
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. We we're at the point where the participation trophy generation has hit college and i think we're completely screwed once they graduate
0: yeah i mean instead of the participation trophies we're going
1: straight into participation diplomas (laughs) right god i wish i could have had one of those that would have been so much easier right
0: you'd you'd have your doctorate by now i think
1: uh yeah i might have a couple (laughs) yeah you'd you'd have racked up a few of those degrees Uh, i think i was at enough schools for a few degrees wasn't i you did a lot of participating. <laughs> I, I did, I did. But enough about me. Let's talk about real <laughs> education here, Mike.
0: No, I'm right there with you. I, I should have a few of those degrees
1: myself. But uh, yeah, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I
0: don't so, know. Yeah, speaking of the uh, speaking of the participation trophy. I mean, I still remember. I I mean, I think. I, on all honesty, that probably started with you and me in our generation. I mean, as, I disagree. You, as you mentioned.
1: When, really no, no because when when we did played, you not get a participation trophy no not when we played baseball little league no i didn't i didn't Look, play little didn't... league so much i played a different league where we didn't get trophies for bs reasons we actually got trophies <laughs> if we won and the, the coach would okay. name an mvp which i'm not going to brag or anything but i did get <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know but nobody else got a trophy
0: well you didn't get a trophy so you have to brag about it
1: exactly you know i, sh- I should brag that's why they're it. called bragging rights yeah <laughs> it's not a right though mike you have the right
0: to brag <laughs> I-, I don't so... think that's true well yeah i'm gonna say that it pro- i think it started with our generation I- with the millennials i think we were the first group that started getting the participation trophies because i know i know i got them in the little leagues that i played in well i didn't um, what where- well, Robert, you're as you're just heads and tails above most millennials. I think our I listeners so. are gonna
1: get to know that as as I do, but I'm gonna be the most hated person <laughs> on this <laughs> podcast and there's only two of us. <laughs>
0: well, sometimes there are just most excellent human beings, and if you happen to be one, you know, you are one. So uh,
1: you know what? I've never gotten that trophy, but if you wanna go ahead and make me one, I'll accept it. You haven't earned it yet. No, I disagree. <laughs>
0: but anyways, back to my original point. When I was in Little League, you know, it, which, what, would have been, uh, you know, 85, so... 20
1: years ago, at least.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, in the... Probably started playing T-ball. What do you, when do you play T-ball? Five years old, I would say? Some, six yeah, years. Old? something like that. Yeah, so I would have been... That would have been, you know, 90, 91, um and I remember getting trophies. We had the end of the end of the season party, you know, pizza, Chuck E. Cheese. Everybody's having a blast, except for me because I hated Chuck E. Cheese. That mouse is terrifying.
1: Well, not uh, much as the anyways, mouse yeah. as it was the food. But go ahead. <laughs> but uh,
0: yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't have the whole like Chipotle uh, deal going on. I probably expe- I probably expected to die every time I went in there as a child. <laughs> uh, but anyways. Yeah, I got my trophy. I got my pizza. I got my ice cream. And then the best part
1: was I got to leave afterwards. But uh, so, yeah. We didn't get trophies, Mike. I mean, we got a trophy <laughs> if we won, period. I remember I got this gigantic trophy for winning. We won a couple of years, you know, but no other teams got trophies. And it was great because it taught us something that you really have to work hard in order to succeed at what you're doing.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. And sports is an excellent way to learn some of those lessons. And fortunately for me, my father definitely instilled a lot of those lessons in me um, at life lessons of growing up. Because we got participation trophies, but my dad definitely made sure to let us know, you know, that in life you don't always get a reward just for showing up and really, nor should you. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, that goes along the lines with, um, you know, the Pittsburgh Steeler, James Harrison, who in 2015 returned his two kids' participation trophies because he said they didn't earn them because it wasn't a real trophy. And I think this is a, uh, a, well, it's a summarized quote. I said, I'm not about to raise two boys to be men by making them believe they're entitled to something just because they tried their best. And I'm going to applaud him for that. That was great.
0: Can you man in today's day and age that's like a gro- it shouldn't be but it it's like a groundbreaking statement for somebody to come out and say that and i don't know do you have any idea what kind of criticism he faced for that
1: tons tons from yeah. from some people but he got a lot of applause from other sides you know the people that actually work for something they applauded him for the ones that are just trying to suckle on the teat of the government i'm sure i'm obviously this is i'm I'm assuming here, Mike, I would assume that they were the ones that were pissed that he did something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it just, it goes into the running theme with, I think our pretty much collective viewpoint on this show, uh, where we stand from that. I mean, you have to work hard in life and you're not guaranteed anything, which is something that I think a lot of people our age (laughs) might feel
1: the opposite about. Um, Probably from all our Chuck E. Cheese parties. <laughs> I didn't have Chuck E. Cheese parties. <laughs> I, I had a terrible childhood. I had a terrible childhood. I didn't get <laughs> participation trophies and I didn't get to go to Chuck E. Cheese when we got them. What the hell? You know? But. Um, well,
0: see, for some of us, like myself, it sounds like you had an excellent childhood. So. <laughs> well. For those of us that were scared to death.
1: Looking back at it now, I would say yes, childhood was pretty good because we learned a lot and <laughs> we learned that you got to work. You know, and that's something I want you guys to listen to uh, part of a speech that Matthew McConaughey actually delivered as the commencement address for the University of Houston, um, where he pretty much is really saying exactly what we're talking about right now. Let's hear it. Life is not easy. It is not. Don't try to make it that way. Life's not fair. It
0: never was. It isn't now, and it won't ever be. Do not fall into the trap, the entitlement trap, of feeling like you're a victim. You are not.
1: So right there, pretty much what he's saying, obviously, if you hear it word for word is that you're not entitled to really anything and don't fall into the trap thinking that you are. And that's something that I know, I'll say the younger millennials need to really figure out. The older millennials like us and, you know, a couple of the older, I'll say like my brother's age he's a couple of years older, still a millennial. You know, we've kind of figured that out. We're in our 30s, you know, we figured it out.
0: Well, and I think part of it is because we didn't grow up attached to iPhones and literally having the world at our fingertips, where we could literally sit. Did like. you not? I, I didn't see. No, I this didn't. Is I didn't either. Your <laughs> I, 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 back. I, I was just running to another in point. In case y'all that. were wondering. In case y'all were wondering, Robert had one of the earliest Gen 1 iPhones back before even Steve Jobs knew (laughs) that they were coming out.
1: Listen, I never had an iPhone. I never had it. You know what I had? I'm sure you had the same thing. You had that stupid little brick Nokia phone or that little flip phone. That's what I had. But
0: you know when I got that? When I was in high school. Well, exactly. Me too. I'm just saying. That was like, and you know what I did with it? I could make phone calls and I could play Snake. That's about it. I couldn't even
1: play Snake for the half of the time because I had a damn flip phone, It only all, all it had on it was numbers. There was no text, no nothing.
0: There you go again. Flip phones were flip flip phones. Flip phones were always way cooler, Robert.
1: No, that's that's false. The only Back thing that made day. it a little bit cooler was the fact that when you were angry, you could slam it really angrily. Yeah. But other than that, it kind of sucked.
0: So it's always a power move: slam a door, slam a phone. Yeah, always a good time. But no, I'm just saying. These, uh, the younger millennials, they literally grew up being able to do whatever they wanted from the comfort and and security blanket of their couch, their bedroom, wherever they may be, and from their iPhone screen. That's, you know, they didn't have to go outside. I guarantee you half of them don't even have participation trophies because they probably
1: weren't really playing sports. (laughs) They weren't participating for their participation trophies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They were participating. They were on their phones.
1: You do make a good point, though. I mean, it's it's interesting because at this point, it's just like, you know, millennials of the younger generation anyway, the younger part of them, with Wi-Fi and any Wi-Fi-enabled device is happiness. There's a lot less, I'll say, kids, you know, going out and playing sports. They're playing games and, you know, just, I don't know getting epilepsy from their screens. I don't know if that's how that works, but, I mean, it's just, it just seems like nobody really wants to go outside anymore. Well, I'm just
0: saying, to to the esteemed McConaughey's point, how can you not really grow up feeling a little bit entitled when you literally have the world at your beck and call from your fingertips as a child, as a young child? Well, so, I mean... I—I the- I, Part of that, I think, is on the parents as... Most oh, a- are absolutely! Throw the
1: blame. Absolutely. Some, I mean, some parents. I've, I've seen them. You know, their kid will have an iPhone when they're five years old, seven, ten. It doesn't matter. They'll get an iPhone immediately just to start playing games, so they don't have to deal with them. And that—that's an, a whole nother problem for a whole nother time. Well, it's, really, the
0: t- it's the TV babysitter generation, and now they're having kids and. All it is is the technology has grown. So instead of a, a television, they're now sitting there with their iPhones and their iPads.
1: Yeah, and now, and now they're they're so sheltered from life that now these people on college campuses are starting to require safe spaces because they just can't deal with the challenges of the world in college.
0: Which is. It's so crazy because just to back up just a little bit, you're, these these people are growing up so sheltered in some respects, sheltered from human interaction. But on the other hand, they're exposed to so much more on over the internet. Uh, some a lot of things that probably young kids shouldn't be exposed to if they didn't have the ultimate complete freedom to just. It's literally the Internet is almost like letting your six-year-old just walk out the door and cruise around the inner cities or their neighborhood until 2 o'clock in the morning and then just come back home. That's literally what they're doing just on the Internet. It's it's the same thing. They're seeing all kinds of different things and all, all different kinds of uh, – exposures that they probably shouldn't have but with actual real human interaction no absolutely 100% sheltered and by the time they get to college or university it's a, it's a rude awakening which apparently they're not
1: even allowed to have that rude awakening now well no they're not and if anybody says one thing that quote unquote triggers them you know they have counselors these colleges are having counselors deal with these children that can't understand how the world actually functions and what, what speech, what free speech is. These guys talk about hate speech at college. What in the hell is hate speech? What is it? I, I've yet to find speech, in my opinion, that could potentially be called hate speech. And, I mean, a lot of people will define it as it's, it's a speech that will kind of trigger a, not a negative reaction, but a violent reaction. That's what hate speech is. So if you say, you know, Mike, if I say, oh, Mike, you know, let's go kill all the gays in San Antonio, and then you start doing it, that's hate speech, right? But that's not what's going on on these campuses. It's like, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're a leftist, you're, you're, you're a conservative. We can't, we can't argue anymore. We can't do it. Because as soon as I say something you don't agree with, it's hate speech. And I'm a bigot. and It's ridiculous.
0: Once upon a time, that just used to be called debate. Yeah. Used to we, be called no one, no one know, having anymore. a conversation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and now you can get thrown off a of campus. You can be honestly fired from your job just for saying this. And, and that's the part that I don't understand is wh- what happened to the freedom of speech. You know, for me, and I might not agree with it, and a lot of the times I don't, but If you have speech that is so heinous, right, to me, that is really, in essence, the free speech that has to be protected the most because it's a different idea from what you're used to. I don't care what it is. And like I said, I may not agree with it, but if somebody says something like, you know, again, we'll go back to my my previous one. Let's kill all the gays. That's terrible speech. That's hate speech. But if somebody says, I hate gay people... You know, that shows that they are a bigot. Why would you want to silence that? Wouldn't you want to know where the bigots were, for one? But why can we not say what's on our mind? America was born on a collision of ideas. Can you imagine the founding fathers had to sit there and go, oh my God, John Adams, you just triggered me. I'm sorry, John Hancock. Next time I'll try my best not to do that. (laughs) Would you like a freaking, you know, psychiatrist over here to help you through your pain? You know what we would be? We would still be British. That's what we would be. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't know. Those people aren't aren't so polite anymore, either. I think they're no, uh, they loose. Brexited. <laughs> <laughs> they Brexited their manners. No, no, that's a that's an excellent point. That is that's the critical part of the First Amendment that I think is completely lost, especially when you're coming from a liberal perspective. I mean, you have to you really have to protect those that kind of speech because back in the day that was going to get you locked up that was going to get you executed at the pleasure of his majesty i mean that's what america is not about america is about being able to voice those opinions and say what you feel you want to say even if no one necessarily wants to hear what you have to say you've got the right to say it and that's a pretty awesome thing
1: and that's how debate starts like uh, Back to your previous point, if you if you censor somebody's speech, as heinous as it is, you know, how are you going to have a spirited debate about the subject and prove that he is a bigoted ass?
0: It's <laughs> a good point. I mean, most of us don't come with those signs just like on our
1: foreheads, as
0: as it, it may seem or some of us may may wish. It's just not there. You got to find out sometimes.
1: Right. And what's the best way to find out? Talk to somebody. Boy. What a crazy idea, Mike.
0: Peel back the layers of that onion. Get to know
1: somebody. Right, exactly. It's just it's yeah. just uh it's just stupid.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree. So now back to your safe spaces on the college campuses though. I, for the for the counselors, I wanna know who the unlucky son of a gun is, who has to counsel the counselor. I mean, can you believe that? I had to listen to thirteen eighteen year old kids today whine and complain about people's dissenting viewpoints and they said a word that i had never heard before and i didn't like and i felt uncomfortable and now i want to go home and cry also i want to sue the university also i want to fire you because you looked at me crazy
1: where does where does it stop where does that stop So you have a safe space where a counselor has to counsel the student. Then you have a counselor who has to counsel a counselor. Then that counselor must be counseled by somebody else. So you have safe space after safe space after safe space. And it's like a terrible math number that just infinitely repeats itself. (laughs) How awful. Yeah, it's like pie. Right? Yeah. Oh, pie sounds delicious right now. I should probably have some. With the safe space thing, you you know, growing old... Yeah, that's mandatory, right?
0: Unfortunately, okay. we haven't we haven't found a cure for that
1: yet. How about growing Google's up? working on it? No, <laughs> right. What about growing up? That's not mandatory. That's pretty much optional, right? A lot of these kids are their trapped. Thank goodness. Like, you know, we said on last uh, the last podcast about, you know, Islam being trapped in the 14th century. These poor kids are still trapped in their teens well throughout their 30s. I mean you can see it. You watch any news, all of these riots, all these 20s and 30s something people that are sitting out there yelling, they're they're trapped in their teens. They don't understand yet how the world actually works. And I think that's a failure on the colleges. But they're they're run at this point by mostly liberal administrators and professors. So how do we how do we combat that, Mike? <laughs>
0: well thanks for tossing me a softball robert underhanded no less i appreciate that (laughs) you bet i do what uh, i can to help yeah that that's an excellent point it's like all the liberals just never left school and now they're running them while all of the uh, conservatives and all of the hard-working republicans actually got out into the workforce uh excelled in business and and definitely took an opposite track it's uh it's kind of kind of crazy. So I wish some of some some of our business leaders need to go back to school so we can get some balance in our universities. But um, now it's an excellent point. I mean, education as a whole is become so devalued in a lot of regards. I think in our culture right now, um, I mean, look at this election cycle with Hillary Clinton promising um, to to have free college tuition. Um, with her plan that she put out the other day, she's gonna, I think she set the initial threshold that if your if your family income is under $75,000, uh, then you can expect free college tuition. And then over, I believe it's something like a five year period, that threshold limit is rising to $125,000. Now, I mean, I, to me, that sounds like most of America. So to me, it's sounding like we're talking about making secondary education compulsory and extending the process, uh, from not from K from 12, but now K through senior in college, which to me is just unbelievable. Uh, a lot of, a lot of conservatives, I believe are upset at, the government involvement in education anyways and to talk about now extending that into a compulsory secondary education uh, it's it's a whole other it's a whole other ball game right now it it's getting real as i say
1: well yeah i mean you, that i i saw that stat too and you you go back to you know grandpa bernie when he was talking about the same thing about his free education and then he was talking to i, I forget what town hall it was and he got asked a question to see if somebody's if this guy's taxes were going to be raised. He made $40,000 a year, and Bernie told him, well, yeah, currently your taxes will go up a little bit. Isn't that counterintuitive to the problem? You're raising the taxes on people that make $40,000 a year. These are the people that you're trying to, quote unquote, educate. So you might give them free college for a little bit, but... Where, where does it end i mean are their taxes going to go up and up and up and up and up to where it's taxed 50 percent that doesn't seem like a solution well, to me
0: well it has to i mean it, it would it would absolutely have to if we're talking about getting to a point where uh college education is free for anyone and everybody who feels like going uh yeah we got to pay for that somehow and guaranteed that's coming out of your pocketbook coming out of my wallet you know everybody i don't have a i don't have
1: it. a pocketbook mike yeah. Well,
0: thanks, though. My, I'm just saying, it's coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of my pocket. It's coming out of out of the guy who's making forty thousand, and it's coming. You know, you absolutely know with Hillary, it's coming out of the guy who's making a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand.
1: Well, absolutely. And and think about who we're educating at that point. It's not necessarily going to be the middle American, you know, who who makes a household income of seventy thousand dollars a year. We're going to be educating illegals. That's a problem. We're going to be spending money now in education as well as health on them, and it's just, it's insane.
0: You take a look at the underwhelming performance of our public school system across the country right now, and. to imagine having to extrapolate that for four more years with educators who are being forced to educate who would potentially be forced to educate uh students who don't want to be there i think if students don't want to be in class right now in high school let them leave i mean why do we waste our time with truant officers and the like i mean all they're doing is distracting kids who want to be there uh, who are trying to prepare for a secondary education um, which, to be honest, they need to be preparing beyond that because I think, uh, as, as we'll talk about maybe in a little bit here, uh, with secondary education being so devalued as it is, it's pretty much as commonplace as a high school diploma right now. And really, coming out of coming out of college, if you don't have marketable skills and you're relying on your diploma, you're in bad
1: shape right now in the job market. You know, I, I agree with that. Um, but you, you look at this too... Um, Saying that that kids aren't going to their high school and they're skipping class and they don't want to learn whatnot, I get that. I get that. But we have we have to have truant officers. We have to make them go at least to high school because they're at least getting a basic, a basic education. If we if we don't. What's gonna happen is you're gonna have an entire generation of people that think it's so freaking uncool to go to school, they're gonna all end up working at McDonald's and then they're gonna get freaking fired when the machines take over the ordering process, which is by the way happening for the $15 an hour people out there, you're gonna be replaced. Anyway.
0: I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna disagree with you pretty much 100% on that because I think that's the way to go. I think these kids, they don't want to be in school. That's great. Go let them flip burgers at McDonald's. They're going to at least be making a paycheck and be contributing to society, probably to our obesity problem. But anyways, they'll still be contributing members of society instead of distracting in the classroom. There's also interesting statistics talking about the $15 an hour. Uh, Did you know that that people who are employed in those entry-level jobs, uh, those McDonald-type jobs, the statistics are incredible that I think it's less than 30% of those employees that enter the job market in those minimum wage type jobs are still there after 3 years. So what does that tell you? That tells you that they're going into these entry level jobs, sure, they're making minimum wage, they're not making a lot of money, but they're learning marketable skills. They're learning how to work, they're learning how to be an employee, they're learning how to how to conduct themselves in a business. And that's what I think employers are really looking for. They're not looking for you coming out of college with a shiny degree looking saying yeah, I can write a 12-page paper that I crammed in in two hours at three in the morning. No, they want you to be able to show up on time. They want you to be polite to customers. They want you to take care of the owner's business and, and, and prosper. And I think those skills are much more valuable than wasting time in high school or even in college if you're not prepared and, and dedicated to, to, to absorb some of those skills.
1: You know, I, I would agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. So I'm probably going to go the <laughs> other way on that. Um, yeah, I I I think that a lot of these people that go into these fast food jobs, they're, I mean, most of them are struggling in life. They're not going gr- to get a great job to begin with after that anyway. I mean, I it's very rare do you see somebody in their 30s and 40s working at a fast food restaurant without becoming the manager of that same restaurant. They will go on to a different company on and greater things. A lot of it because they have no high school diploma. These people aren't working there necessarily because they want to. They're working there because they have to. There's no way out for them. So, I I don't. I don't agree that you know
0: the GED is a way out. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't think that. I don't think that they need to necessarily let I, th- I think i don't think there's any issue with postponing your education until you're a mature enough and be interested enough to take ownership of it and, and really get something from it because i think the people that you have to force to go to high school in those instances those people are not going to be in a frame of mind to learn to actually absorb any of the material of this basic education, Robert, that you so desperately want everybody to have.
1: I want them to have a high school degree or a high school diploma, whatever you want to call it. That's it. Not a degree. I don't care about that. I don't think that's necessarily important, right? But we we, ha- we have to have at least a minimum requirement of these people. And I do think high school is the way to do it. I, You know, I think the majority of it, though, it's not necessarily – that these kids flat out just don't want to go to school. It's a cultural issue to where they think going to school is less desirable than staying on the street and, quote-unquote, you know, working for for a living while you're not actually working for a livable wage, you know. That's, the, the culture has to change with that demographic of, of people that do that. And I'm not talking about minorities. I'm talking about everyone. I've seen just as many white people as I do, black and Hispanic and Indian that, that work in these places. Yeah. But as a culture, we, we just don't care enough about going to school and getting at least some schooling out of the way to where you can add and subtract. Have you been to a, a retailer where you give these guys cash? I don't pay in cash anymore because you can't.
0: Retailers anymore. I shop online. Oh, I still do.
1: I still do. You know, I still go to a retailer and shop, but you can't hand these people cash because they don't know that if you give them fifty cents, right? And the go ahead. No, go ahead and try to make your point. I'm going to prove you wrong again.
0: They don't know how to give you change because they've never seen it before, Robert. We've been using debit cards for the last decade.
1: No, you think these guys have debit cards that work at McDonald's? No. They carry yes. cash because they go no, because they go to the bank when they get paid and they cash their check. They don't have a damn debit card. They're getting to off, work in we're cash. Getting, we're getting off topic here. We're, we're gonna, really not. We're talking about no. the minimal education requirements for kids. No, we're getting so far off topic. We're gonna have to
0: we're gonna have to hire we're gonna have to get into your Dodd Frank reform in <laughs> like uh, subsequent
1: uh, podcast.
0: Robert, here you, you are trying can, to tackle Wall Street when all I want to do is talk about education. Can we follow the breadcrumbs
1: back to our original conversation? <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
0: But no, I'm going to go right back to this and saying that you're you're saying a moment ago that we don't place, place enough emphasis on education. I'm saying we place far too much emphasis on education and that things should go back to, to the 70s or the 80s. We need to go back to having an apprenticeship system where if you went to college, you were an exceptional human being because you you went and you learned something and furthered your your career towards something that you probably needed some advanced education in, whether it be edg- engineering, uh, biomedical sciences to become a doctor, or or something of that nature. I think it's much more, much more appealing where there's a system of going and learning a trade, learning a skill which I would argue could be in almost any discipline besides one of those <laughs> advanced disciplines such as such as engineering or being a doctor.
1: Those skills that you learn on the job are far more important. Yes, I, I agree every job that I've ever had, you've learned on the job I get that. but to say, that, oh, I've got a college education, I'm better than everybody else, that's elitist. And that is the pushback that you're going to get from that. I I totally agree with you in the fact that trade schools should be a lot more popular right now, especially because of those trades like HVAC technician and mechanic, those are the ones that are making big money right now. Just to go to a trade school, to, to finish your, your two years or your 16-month program and go on, apprentice under somebody else, then become you know start your own business become an entrepreneur and do that trade i agree that's a great idea but they have to have at least a standard of education which needs to be high school they have to we have to kind of go through our high school curriculums and give these kids the tools to actually be successful that's the yeah, biggest issue i would issue. agree with you i mean i would agree they, with you they're Personal teaching for they high school that's a, basic for a test. School that should be in high schools these people are—these teachers are teaching for a test, and it's not the teacher's fault, okay? And it's not just, the test of life. You know, it's—you're right. It's not the test of life. It's some BS standardized test that is really set, I guess, in stone. I've got to have this score on this test in order to pass to the next grade. These, these teachers, of course, they're structured. They bonus on test scores, whatnot. They're, they're not giving a crap about their their critical thinking abilities— in education or actually teaching them life skills, they're teaching them BS math that no one's going to use or BS yeah. chemistry that unless you're an engineer, a chemical engineer or a chemist, you're never going to care about. And I, you have to have the basics. That's all I'm saying. have to have the basics, but teach things that actually matter. And these kids might be interested enough to stay in school.
0: Yeah, that's true. I've never stood on a street corner wondering when Susie was going 100 miles an hour for two hours northwest when Jim was going 80 miles an hour southwest for six hours and who was going to get to Baltimore first. You know, exactly. I never, I exactly. never, I haven't yet had to figure that out, contrary to what our 10th grade math teacher told us. But I think. I think while our discussion got a little bit heated uh, this episode, I think we're really arguing at cross purposes. I agree with you. I think it boils down to having to reform some of our primary education to teach things that actually matter in life, to help prepare our younger kids for the responsibilities that they will soon, before long, assume as an adult in the real world. And learn, uh, and learn what what is expected of them as a participating, contributing member of society.
1: Yes, i I think we're we're finally in agreement on this, which is good, because right. uh, we're probably going to have to wrap this up here pretty soon.
0: Yeah, I know I'm tired of hearing me, so I'm sure our listeners are are, are tired of me this week. So
1: exactly, exactly. So let's. Uh, I think we may come to a good stopping point anyway. Yeah, uh, although
0: although I think we might have to have a part two on education at some point here because I've got I've got a lot more ideas here. Uh oh, got a lot more ideas. Got a lot more thoughts. That's dangerous. I'm I'm writing them all down. I won't forget. I promise, listeners. But uh, yeah, no live lively discussion, sir. Thanks. I think we I think we had a good one this week. Um, We really appreciate you all tuning in and downloading our episode of. The Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit podcast. Uh, if you're not right now, and you weren't at the beginning of this episode, you should definitely be following us on Twitter by now. Um, unless you're driving, in which case we understand. We'll wait till you get to your destination. But then you should probably uh, plug us in there and follow us on Twitter. Robert, where can they reach us?
1: Yeah, you've you got to take the pledge, Mike. <laughs> you got to take the pledge. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LLNP podcast,
0: and that's great. So follow us on Twitter. Download our episodes on our website, uh, and we'll be on iTunes soon. That's a promise. So, yeah, look for us there, and uh, we'll be in touch next week. Thanks again for listening.